Today's scripture reading is from Psalm 50, verses 1 through 6. Adonai, our God, speaks and summons the earth from the rising of the sun to its setting. Out of Zion, the perfection of beauty, God shines forth. Adonai comes and won't be silent. A devouring fire goes before God while storms rage all around. God summons heaven and earth to the trial of God's people. Gather to me my faithful ones who make their covenant with me by sacrifice. The heavens affirm God's justice because it is God who is the judge. Selah. Friends, Psalm 50 says that God is on the way to visit. Yeah. God is coming. <laughs> should we be uh, should we be scared? Can, can we be excited? Well, according to the psalmist, it is time to be very excited. This is a wonderful thing because God is coming with justice. From where the sun rises to where it goes down at night, God's voice is going out to the sky and to the earth that God is coming with justice, fairness, for everyone. This psalm might ask us to think about our lives and what is it like when justice is present, when we are embodying God's goodness, God's fairness for everyone. The song is called The One is Shining Forth. And the name for God here is The One, which I learned from Van Morrison. skies and to the earth 
justice, gather your own. God of justice, gather your Gracious and loving God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of each one of our hearts be acceptable to you, our rock and our redeemer. And may we, like Samuel, cry out and say, speak, Lord, for we are listening. Amen. The first six verses of today's psalm, which Laura has read to us, are related to the gospel text of Jesus' transfiguration, which we would normally celebrate next week, but we are celebrating this week, as you can see by the white pyramids and all of the candles. These poetic verses connect the awesome and expansive light of God to the occasion of seeing Jesus in the light along with Moses and Elijah. Beyond that, in this psalm, God is inviting the people to remember their covenant promise to be the people who embody the attributes of God in the world. This is our invitation to remember that we are charged with continuing to shine the light of God in the midst of troubles. Troubles in ourselves, troubles of the world, and to be the hands of God that our worship series has been talking about since the early January, holding all people in the steadfast love as God holds us. Richard Bruxford Culligan's song this morning reminds us that God is coming. How do we prepare for that? How do we prepare for guests in our homes and in our lives? We clean house, right? <laughs> we prepare a meal. That's what it looks like before I have a big gathering. On March 2nd, we will celebrate Ash Wednesday when we traditionally sing another psalm, the one that asks God to create in us a clean heart. So we're cleaning house, right? And on Monday, Thursday, we'll celebrate the meal, the Last Supper, in remembrance of Jesus. Cleaning house, preparing a meal. We are reminded of the preparations of Mary and Joseph and the shepherds and angels throughout the Advent story. We are reminded of John the Baptist preparing the way of the Lord and the triumphal entry of Jesus into Jerusalem with a laying of palm fronds and cloaks. Shauna Hannon thinks about it from another perspective. What if, she says, the boss would like to set up a meeting with you? 
depending upon your relationship with the boss and your recent performance at work, you may be encouraged by this imminent meeting saying, finally a raise. Or you may be getting that proverbial pit in the bottom of your stomach thinking, oh no, what have I done? Personally, I love my boss. <laughs> I invite my boss into my work, my boss, God, into my work every time I pray, every time I breathe. The announcement that God is approaching as judge from some of the last of verses of today's text yields contrasting responses as well. For some, the announcement trumpets that the mighty one, God, the Lord, will appear for a long anticipated event. Yet for others, it's the impetus for trembling. Yes, it's clear that judgment takes center stage in the beginning of this psalm, but is it welcomed? Or is it undesirable judgment? The verses we have before us from the psalm this week, verses 1 through 6, is the introduction. From this introduction alone, what do we find out about the one who is doing the judging? We discover right away that the one who is about to speak is mighty. Also, one cannot miss the point that God is being introduced as the one who is extremely verbal. In these few verses alone, we discover that God speaks, God summons, God does not keep silent, God calls. This is not a God who wishes to speak through others or remain distant. Rather, God brings this good news directly. God is God's own herald. In addition, there are two other characteristics of the forthcoming speaker. First, God comes out of the perfection of beauty. And second, God comes with some special effects, surrounded by devouring fire and encircled by a mighty tempest. Because the reputation and character of the one who speaks makes a difference in how that one is heard, these characteristics make us sit up and take note that the planned keynote speaker for this Transfiguration Sunday is God. This is the God who brings justice. We hear justice is coming. What does that look like? The transfiguration is a revelation of the divine to human eyes, a showing of the justice that is possible, that is to come. This justice is more than anything we might have experienced on jury duty or watching law and order. This is God's justice lifting up the poor and the weak, lavishing love and grace on all. Theologian Rolf Jacobson examines the two poetic flourishes in this summons that make the psalm fitting for this Transfiguration Sunday, the light of God and the word of God. The light of God, the mighty one, God is Lord, speaks and summons the earth from the rising of the sun to the setting. Out of Zion, the perfection of beauty, God shines forth. The psalm poetically and liturgically begins by ushering in the presence of the mighty one, God, the Lord, who summons the whole earth. One can imagine a Levitical priest or worship leader stepping forward to announce the presence of God. This is not just any God. This is the Lord God of Israel who shines forth from Zion 
that is from the temple in Jerusalem. The image of God shining forth is actually fairly rare. It's a fairly rare word to be found in the Hebrew scriptures. It indicates the presence of God in a powerful and redeeming way, not just in an accompanying way. In fact, the psalmist in Psalms 80 and 94 pleads with God to shine forth. And in Moses' final blessing for the people before his death, he began his blessing by reminding the people of how the Lord came from Sinai and dawned from Seir upon us. He shone forth from Mount Paran. We read that in Deuteronomy. The image of God shining forth is called theophany. And that means the sudden and real appearance of God to a person or a group of people. And that appearance is what Peter and James and John experienced on that mountain at the Transfiguration. What will it take for us to see, to really see that light of God? What will it take for us to see that true justice is not defined by what we think or what we desire? What will it take for us to see Jesus for who he really is? What will it take for us to see God? And perhaps hardest of all, what will it take for us to see ourselves as God's beloved children right now, right in this moment? That's going to be the topic of our Lenten study. Are we good enough? But before that, Psalm 50 for today, for Transfiguration, and Psalm 51 for Ash Wednesday are counterpoints. Psalms 50 and 51 are deeply connected, much more than in their consecutive numbering. They are mirror images of one another, each one amplifying the other. God is shining like the sun, speaking the truth, and created me a clean heart. But before we jump into Lent, Let's recap our New Year's series that has been called God is Holding Your Life, a journey of assurance for the new year. Our theme was that the works of God's hands are fearful and just. That comes from Psalm 111. Each week our scripture has come from a psalm. That's not something we normally do. We hang out in the Gospels. We tell Jesus stories. We tell the old stories, the good ones in the Old Testament, not the really hard to take ones, but very rarely do we hang out in the Psalms. So in this series, we explored how life is a series of exclamations from, oh no, to help, to oh yeah. We reflected that we can swing between that disappointment and helplessness and gratitude on a daily basis. We remembered that there are also seasons of our lives when we feel inundated with one of those way more than the others. Entering the new year, we remembered how we had hoped we would be past of the oh no of COVID before the end of 2021. And yet we were rising in numbers. Oh no. God help us. We studied the book of Psalms, which knows all about ongoing prayers for help. And each of these past seven weeks, each of these worship services has reminded us that through it all, we can trust and even give our thankful, oh yeah, 
because God is indeed holding our lives. In week one, our theme was these lives are precious. And we lifted up Psalm 72, which sings, God delivers the needy when they call. We read the petitions of the psalmist for justice and deliverance and defense of the poor and oppressed and peace for all peoples, recognizing this is an undergirding theme of our faith, our very faith, a core value. A just society is one that proclaims these lives are precious and worthy of protection. God indeed is holding these lives. In week two, our theme was awe and wonder, and we read Psalm 29, which says, My God gives strength to the people and blesses the people with peace. Strength and peace was the the prayer of the psalm that week. The psalm is saying, Let me count the ways that we can know the strength of the Holy One. With awe and wonder, we beheld the presence of God in all the elements of creation, water, fire, air, earth, which assured us that God indeed is holding the life of our planet. In week three, our theme was, where can I go? And we read the beautiful Psalm 139. That week's Psalm text was, you have searched me and known me. That brought home the message that we are in an intimate relationship with God and that there is nowhere that we can go where God is not present. No state of being that results in our being abandoned. God has knit us together, has woven us, knowing us from before our beginning. God indeed is holding our lives in a deep and intimate way. In week four, our theme was in God alone and lifted up Psalm 62, where we read, God alone is my rock and salvation. I shall not be shaken. We heard the familiar lyrics, my one and only, that so many songs have used to express devoted love. We saw that this tradition goes all the way back to the poets of the psalm tradition as we explored this love psalm of trust in the Holy One and Only, who is the rock and refuge in the midst of a life that sometimes feels as fleeting as breath. We put our trust in the one who indeed is holding up our lives as our strong foundation. In week five, our theme was whole heart hallelujah. When we read Psalm 111, the works of God's hand are faithful and just. I hope you can all hear in each of these psalms songs, contemporary songs or hymns that have been based on them from the rising of the sun. The works of God's hands, they are faithful and just. Do you hear that? We learned that one mode of poetry in the Psalms is all-out praise and thanksgiving, such as the one for that day. We also found praise even in Psalms of lament and complaint, because God is good all the time, and all the time God is good. We affirmed that life is not always good. But when we engage in gratitude, we can remember the evidence of God at work in our lives. And we remember that indeed, God holds our lives 
even in the worst of times. In week six, our theme was we wait, we hope, we stay, and we read Psalm 147. God heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. Last week's Psalm 147 comes late in the book and offers a glimpse of a time when the exiled outcasts were gathering back together and seeing their world built back up. We reflected on the truth that we too yearn for a regathering and a day when we sing our praises and play our instruments with abandon together again post-COVID. We wait, we hope, we stay firm in our faith, knowing as our ancient ancestors did, that God is indeed holding our lives through COVID and beyond. And finally, this last week, when our theme is the one shining forth, and we lifted up this psalm, Psalm 50, that says God speaks and summons the earth from the rising of the sun to its setting. The psalm that concludes our series speaks of an active God whose light shines for all times and in all places. God is not silent, but calls the people to remember that they too, we too, can act on God's behalf, holding all suffering peoples in the hands of prayer and care and transforming the world that will shine bright into the future. May it be so. Thanks be to God for this indescribable gift. Amen. <laughs>